Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Now, here's Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins. Let's bring on Joe Giglio. He's the co-host of BetQL Daily. Immediately after us with Joe Ostrowski and Aaron Hosford. You can hear him on WIP in Philadelphia on weekday evenings. Here he is, Joe G, appearing on the Roman guest line. Joe, should we be cooling our jets on James Harden? Because my first reaction is, who have they played in these three games? The Knicks twice? Like, how am I supposed to be feeling about James Harden right now? Well, he's obviously been excellent so far. But, Aaron, you're, I mean, yeah, excuse me. Chelsea, you're right. I mean, look, it, it is – it's three games. It was the Timberwolves on a back-to-back. It was the Knicks on Sunday. It was the Knicks last night. I mean, this is like, – this is not yet where we should be start ch- saying championship in Philadelphia. Not, not quite yet. But I will say so far he's looked great. I think we can dispel the, the concerns over his hamstring which were, you know, there when the beginning of the trade and then he didn't play right away. Uh, and in, ter- in terms of how this is going to play out long-term, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I think the Knicks, uh, Knicks comparison there is, is, is pretty funny and it's apt because that's the James Harden. But if there is one variable here, it's his relationship with Daryl Morey. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's like that, like, big brother that you kind of puts his arm around someone in the family and, and kind of gets right, right to ship in that person's life. Like, he's never quit on Daryl Morey. And he's never not played hard for Daryl Morey. Like, when Morey left Houston, that's when it all blew up there. And obviously, whatever happened with the Nets happened with the Nets, and he quit on that team. And I'm sure there's a fear uh, for a lot of people that he'll do it again to the Sixers in time. But as long as he's been with Daryl Morey, I don't know if you guys saw on social media the hug those two guys shared when he got off the plane to arrive to Philadelphia a few weeks ago. It's like this family relationship. I don't know what it is. Those guys love each other. So as long as Morey's around and Harden is engaged, the Sixers have a good chance here. Joji, two questions here. Did you buy a beard last night, one of those $5 beards to put on? And B, how would you measure the Sixers now that they have Embiid and Harden versus the rest of the Eastern Conference? Yeah, so I didn't buy a beard. but My son, who is seven, he wants one. He keeps asking for a beard. So I have a feeling that one of those beards is going is to appear in my house pretty soon here. Um, and as far as measuring them, I mean, I think they have as good of a chance as anyone now to, to win the Easter Conference and get to the finals. I mean, depending on where you look, the Nets are still the favorite, which is, is, is still pretty mind-boggling to me. We'll see Kevin Durant coming back um, in their next game and how he looks. But right now, they don't, they don't have their guys. So I, I can't take the Nets seriously quite yet. We'll see what they look like a month from now. Milwaukee has been, I'd say, not quite as great as last year, and their defense isn't quite as great, but they still have Giannis. And then there's Miami, who I think is the most underrated team of all of these. I, I look at those four teams, and I, I think it'd be fair to put them at all very similar odds, but 
If you tell me right now, Jenks, that the Sixers are in the NBA Finals, I would not be surprised. All right, so what are the sabotage factors for the Sixers? Because there's always something. No team is foolproof, and especially when you have to go through the East when you are facing some other really difficult teams. So looking down the stretch, I think number one on my radar is probably Joel Embiid getting hurt, but it seems to be smooth sailing, knock on wood, for Joel Embiid. What are the sabotage factors for the Sixers this year? So I'd agree with you that, that Embiid's health would be the, the first and, and always scariest. I mean, even last Sunday, this past Sunday, uh, their game against the Knicks, he landed awkwardly, grabbed his knee, and like the whole city of Philadelphia, you just feel like this collective like gas. Like, here we go again. He was obviously fine. So beyond Embiid's health, two things stand out. I'll give you three. Three things stand out for me that I would worry about with the Sixers. Uh, number one is, is their third best player right now is Tyrese Maxey. He's emerging, 21st pick last year. He's been excellent. I mean, the rise for a non-lottery pick to be this good this quick is, is pretty rare. But he's 21 years old. 21-year-olds in the playoffs don't typically play consistently night after night. It's usually a grown man's league when it comes to the playoffs. So you kind of have to take a step back there and say, all right, let, let's see if you can do it in April, May, and June. The other one is, I mean, Embiid and Harden, they have not been great postseason players. And you could chalk up Embiid. I think he's always kind of banged up and tired and out of breath in the playoffs. But look at their numbers in the playoffs. They are less efficient. They are worse players in the playoffs. So they have to get over that together. And the third one will be Doc Rivers. I mean, no one has blown more 3-1 leads. Uh, he obviously has a, a great career as a coach, won title back in 08 with the Boston Celtics. But I don't trust Doc Rivers in a playoff series. We saw them up 3-1 last year against the Hawks. He's slow to adjust. And I would not be surprised if, if the Sixers ultimately don't get to where they want to go that we're looking and saying, hey, what happened there? How did this coach not get this team further in the playoffs? We're talking with our friend Joe Giglio, co-host of BetQL Daily. Right after us with Joe Ostrowski and Aaron Hawksworth. You can hear him on WIP in Philadelphia weekday evenings. And make sure you follow him on Twitter at Joe Giglio Sports. Joe, I did want to ask you something that I mentioned early in the show and get your take on it, which is when we talk about the teams that could win the NBA title, the teams that are playing well right now, it seems odd to me that we don't give Milwaukee enough credit, and we're talking about the defending NBA champions. Is it because they're in a mid-market? Is it because they're just not sexy and maybe don't have the star power of a Sixers or Nets or even the Suns? What is it about Milwaukee that even though they keep winning, even though they have the ring, that we still don't include them into these, these star conversations about the teams that can really go in and win it all? Yeah, I think it's all those things. And the other part is, is they've had a kind of a weird year where they've just kind of been the middle of the Easter Conference the whole year. I mean, we, I think we all recognize the NBA standings don't really matter that much when you know, it comes to the playoffs. Like, throw jumbled up. What's the difference if a team is a five or a four versus two? It, it really doesn't make that much of a difference. But it's like they're not standing out to us this year. You know, the last couple of years, they had a storyline around them. Could they get over the hump? Could Giannis be a championship player? Well, we answered all those questions already. Obviously, all that is, is true. He's a championship player. They're a title team. They got over the hump. I think there's not much storyline to them this year, and it kind of makes them fall back. But they certainly have a chance. With, with, they have Giannis Antetokounmpo. They have, I'll call him this. They have the most reliable, great player in the East. You could say Joel Embiid's having a better year. I think he is. You could say that Kevin Durant's a better player. I think he is. But those guys aren't as reliable. I mean, if you're saying right now you have to bet on one superstar to lead his team in the East, for two and a half months and play at his best and, and be on the court, how do you not over those two guys? So, so with that, 
I think they certainly have a chance, and we should talk about it more. Let's switch gears to college hoops because it is March, so uh, elephant in the room. I'm over here blasting one shining moment just about every day because <laughs> I love college hoops. Uh, so what are some of the recipes you think that uh, make a good team in the tournament? Because we've seen some factors that are usually relevant to every team that makes it to the big dance you know, championship, which is guard play, which is solid coaching. Are there any factors that you are eyeing as being the X factor for some of these teams in March? Yeah, I'll give you two on the court. Like, we can just see with our eyes. And then one kind of with, with, with some numbers that, that we've been talking about on the show. I mean, the first one that stands out just because of where the game is now is, is three-point shooting. I mean, it's very hard for me to envision a team getting all the way through without being uh, at least a competent or above-average three-point shooting team. I mean, you could get hot for a game. Sure, if you're, you know, kind of an average or below-average team. But you need to be able to shoot the three-ball to win in any level of basketball. Certainly college, the, the NBA as well. But it's critical. The other one is, is turnovers. I mean, you just can't turn the basketball over and give away possessions in uh, in March. So those two stand out. I, I would throw free throw shooting in there as well. And uh, kind of the guard play you mentioned, uh, Chelsea, is, is significant. And then the other one that's really interesting, and, and we, we take a look at it on the show, if you go back in the history of uh, the Ken Palm era, you know, the, the ranking site, Ken Palm on college basketball, the, the site and, and the ranks have been around for 19 years now. In 17 of the 19 years, the champion, the eventual champion, has been top 20 in both offense and defensive efficiency. So, you know, while we do get Cinderella's and while there are interesting, you know, teams that make runs, if you're not one of those teams that is both really efficient on offense and defense, you're probably not winning the championship. At least that's the way it's gone for, for the better part of two decades now. So that's one to look at, and, and you, you dive into that, and there's a group of five or six teams that, that have that mark right now. We'll see where it lands by the time the regular season ends Sunday, but you need to be efficient on both ends, hit your threes, not turn the ball over. Otherwise, you're not winning this thing. Joe, is there a difference in how you handicap mid-major tournaments versus the major tournaments with the teams we always hear about, the top 10, top 25 teams? Well, there is in, in this case. I do think there's more motivation um, for the mid-major. Now, now, Murray State might be an interesting case this year because they, they're probably in the tournament anyway. They've been probably one of the top 25 teams for a while now, they could probably lose one of these games in their conference tournament and still get it. Maybe it become a two-bid conference. It's rare, but they probably could do that. But the rest of these teams, you know, you look at bracketology and, you know, you pick out a team that's, I don't know, 26-3, and three, and you're like, oh, they're good. And they're the top of their conference. They probably are not making it in unless they win their conference tournament. It's almost like the whole, you know, year was kind of irrelevant because they need to get that automatic bid. So I, I look for that. If there is a team that really has the motivation to make it in, I, I probably feel better about them versus just taking a flyer on, you know, second or third or fourth in the odds. But the other thing is that a lot of the, the odds that are out there don't match up to, to what the experts think. If you go to ESPN, look at the, their four college experts, their picks for the co- conference tournaments here, there's quite a few tournaments that it's across the board. A, a team is picked to win it, you know, by the four ESPN experts, and yet the odds say – They've got the third, fourth, or fifth best odds to win. It's interesting, kind of the eye test with those small mid-major schools versus the odds. If you follow along and, and you agree with the experts, you might find some value there. It's definitely an interesting conversation because also some of it is sportsbooks trying to limit their liability. So if they have futures on some of those teams, they're putting the number at a price where 
they cover their own facts. So there's a lot that goes into it. Uh, but always interesting conversation with Joe G. Joe Gilio, he is the co-host of BetQL Daily. Immediately after us with Joe Ostrowski and Aaron Hawksworth. Joe, thanks for waking up with us this morning. You got it, guys. Talk next week. For more, listen to The Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BetQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.